Hello everyone, my name is Twisha Sharma and this is the Scientific Swari Podcast. Welcome to episode 3, Rushing Trains and Macromolecules. Please email me at twisha.sharma30 at gmail.com if you have any questions. After all, this podcast was made for you. Let's begin with our math problem. Two trains leave stations 396 miles apart at the same time and travel toward each other. One train travels at 95 miles per hour, while the other travels at 85 miles per hour. How long will it take for the two trains to meet? I would personally go at this problem like this. Since the two trains are traveling toward each other, we can pretend that one is not moving at all and the other is moving at their combined speed. This means that this train is moving at 95 plus 85 equals 180 miles per hour. It has to travel 396 miles, which is the combined distance of both trains. Now that we have the speed and distance, all we have to do is plug them into the equation for speed, distance, and time, which is speed multiplied by time equals distance. Assuming that t is time, 180t is equal to 396. Now we just divide it to solve for t. 396 divided by 180 is 2.2, which means that t is 2.2 hours. The trains will meet in 2.2 hours. With that, let's start our biology lesson for this episode. This is a recording of my macromolecules page from my website, The Scientific Swarry. Please check it out. The page itself has many pictures that will help clear up the concepts even more. A picture is worth a thousand words. With that, we can start. Organic compounds are carbon-based molecules. Carbon is an element that is vital to life because it is so flexible. It creates different carbon skeletons, or chains of carbon atoms that can be branched, unbranched, or ringed. They vary in length and can be held together by double bonds or single bonds, which in turn vary in location. An unbranched carbon skeleton is a straight line of carbons, while a branched carbon skeleton can have carbon atoms sticking out of it in various spots. Carbon often connects into a ring-like shape as well, which is seen in many carbohydrates, like the glucose rings you see in some of the pictures below on the website page. However, sometimes molecules can have the same chemical formula but different structural arrangements, like the glucose and fructose molecules. All that has changed is the location of the double-bonded carbon-oxygen compound. These are called isomers. Carbon also sometimes combines with hydrogen to form hydrocarbons, as you will see in the lipid section. An additional fact is that all the molecules you will see consist commonly of oxygen, hydrogen, and carbon. Carbohydrates and proteins consist solely of these, while lipids can have phosphorus, and nucleic acids can additionally have phosphorus and nitrogen. But either way, Macromolecules are a very important topic to know about. They are the large molecules that form many of the essential functions of the cell. There are four main types of these molecules. Carbohydrates, proteins, lipids, and nucleic acids. As I teach you about these incredible cellular components, I hope you enjoy them just as much as I do. Carbohydrates Macromolecules are formed by base monomers, or building blocks, combining via dehydration reactions, reactions that remove water, to form polymers. Polymers are broken apart by a hydrolysis, which is the addition of water. Don't worry about this, I will try to explain it later on. Carbohydrates, or carbs as we will nickname them, function as storage molecules or structured compounds. Fructose is a simple carb, and so is glucose. Cellulose, the most abundant organic compound on Earth, on earth is made of carbs. The monomer of carbohydrates is a monosaccharide. As I mentioned earlier, Two monosaccharides combine via dehydration reactions to form disaccharides, and as more join, polysaccharides are formed. For example, glucose and fructose are both simple carbohydrates that are very common in the world today. 
Starch is a storage poly polysaccharide found in plants and is made of long chains of glucose monomers. In animals, the same glucose is stored in glycogen, which is usually found in liver or muscle cells and can be converted to glucose by hydrolyzing it when needed. Even crustaceans and insects use chitin, a structural polysaccharide, to build their exoskeletons. Proteins. Proteins are incredible. They perform a multitude of functions in the cell, from transporting vitamins to receiving instructions to lowering activation energy as enzymes. The monomer of proteins is amino acids, and when they combine to form chains, they are called polypeptides, as the bond between them is called a peptide bond. However, there are 20 different kinds of amino acids, and by arranging them differently, you can get many different kinds of proteins, hence the reason there are tens of thousands of kinds of proteins in your body performing various functions. Proteins are like a biological language with their letters, words, and sentences. However, what determines how these proteins are created? The process of protein synthesis is called gene expression. I will further describe it a little later. Amino acids consist of an amino group, a carboxyl group, and an R group, which determines which amino acid is which. Proteins are very complicated, thus their organizations of its structures. The precise structure of a polypeptide is the order of amino acids in its chain. These polypeptide chains often bend and fold over into local secondary structures, whose overall shape is its tertiary structure. Some proteins have more than one polypeptide chain. These have quaternary structures. Isn't that amazing? Lipids Lipids are interesting because they have no definite monomer, and in contrast to organic compounds, compounds containing carbon, they are hydrophobic, or water-fearing. In this short paragraph, I will elaborate on three main kinds of lipids, fats, phospholipids, and steroids. Fats are large lipids that formed from a glycerol head and three fatty acid tails, hence the reason that a synonym for fat is triglyceride. In fats, the glycerol head consists of three carbons attached to some hydrogens and each bearing a hydroxyl group, which is an OH or oxygen-hydrogen molecule. The fatty acid tails consist of a carboxyl group, which is a COOH group, and a hydrocarbon chain, which is a chain consisting of hydrogen and carbon atoms, usually about 16 to 18 carbon atoms long. Fats are storage molecules and can store far more than a carbohydrate can. When one of the hydrocarbon chains in a fatty acid tail has, more, has one or more double bonds, there appears to be a kink in the tail. Fats with this kink are known as unsaturated fats. Fats without this kink are known as saturated fats. Saturated fats, found in meat, are easier to stack on top of each other, and the body uses them to store energy. This is what the fat on your body is made out of. Unsaturated fats, oils, are more difficult to stack due to the kinks in their tails and are also thus liquid at room temperature. Some food labels consist of the word partially hydrogenated oils, which means that some of the unsaturated fat inside has been converted to saturated fat by adding oxygen. However, this process creates trans fat, an extremely unhealthy fat linked to many health risks. Okay, I've ranted for way too long. I need to start talking about one of my favorite molecules in the biological universe, phospholipids. I cannot even explain how much I love these. They're just so cool. Phospholipids are amazing. They make up the cell membrane, which is way more awesome than you think it is. The cell membrane is a semi-permeable membrane that separates the living cell from its environment. But more on that later. For now, you need to know that it is made of phospholipids, which look considerably like a fat, except that their head has an additional negatively charged phosphate group attached, and they only have two fatty acid tails. 
The fatty acid tails are both hydrophobic, while the glycerol head is hydrophilic, which means it's water-loving, due to its negative polarity. Water is a polar substance, so it mixes well with other polar substances. I explained this in another website page so it makes more sense, so please read that page if you're confused. Feel free to email me about it as well if you don't understand. Either way, because the tails don't like water and the heads do, the tails force the heads outside and form a layer consisting of two phospholipids, the tails facing inwards and the heads facing outwards, a phospholipid bilayer. This is what the cell membrane is made of. The phospholipid bilayer only allows small, nonpolar molecules to pass through. It is much more difficult for large molecules or polar molecules to pass through without the help of an embedded transport protein. Isn't that amazing? I'll elaborate on it even more in other pages, but I do have to get to the last type of lipid I wanted to talk about. Steroids. Steroids are composed of a carbon skeleton with four rings and play many major roles in the body, like helping with carb regulation, mineral balance, reproductive functions, and more. Nucleic acids. The proteins mentioned earlier were crazy complex. They have amazing structures and are used for so many things. But how do they know which order to assemble in? Do they follow some kind of instruction manual? Actually, yes. Well, kind of. These instructions are actually our final macromolecule, nucleic acids. Proteins are generated by following instructions found in genes, which are the unit of inheritance. Genes are made of DNA, deoxyribonucleic acid, which in turn are made of the polymer nucleic acids. Nucleic acids are called nucleic because DNA is found in the nucleus of the cell. There is one more type of nucleic acid, RNA. RNA stands for ribonucleic acid, and it helps carry instructions to the protein synthesis organelles of the cell to instruct the creation of proteins correctly. It looks like one strand of the double helix, but it is not bent in a particular shape. The monomers of nucleic acids are nucleotides, which consist of a 5-carbon sugar. Deoxyribose is a sugar found in DNA, while ribose, a slightly different sugar, is the sugar found in RNA, a phosphate group, and a nitrogenous base. In DNA, there are four nitrogenous bases, adenine, A, thymine, T, cytosine, C, and guanine, G. These four bases are found in a DNA double helix and they hold all genetic information. On either side of the helix, A goes with T and C goes with G. If you have trouble remembering, think that the apple goes in the tree, or A goes with T, and the car goes in the garage, or C goes with G. In RNA, most of the same bases are present, except for T. T is instead replaced with U, uracil. Since the bases are complementary, DNA can be translated into RNA. For example, if one side of DNA strand goes A, C, G, T, T, A, C, its RNA equivalent would be U, G, C, A, A, U, G. A process that utilizes this advantage is gene expression, which I mentioned earlier. The process of protein synthesis. DNA is first transcribed into RNA. R the RNA then goes to a protein synthesis organelle called a ribosome and is translated into a protein. Wow, wasn't that amazing? I thought it was. Especially lipids, those are my favorite by far since phospholipids are my favorite macromolecule. I'm only a little biased. If you're confused, please do email me. I'm more than happy to answer your questions. In conclusion, Animals and cells are constructed of four different kinds of macromolecules that have their own properties and do vital things within us every second. These macromolecules are carbohydrates, proteins, lipids, and nucleic acids. I hope I can share even more with you in the next episodes of the Scientific Suari podcast. Until then, have a wonderful day, and I hope to see you in the next one.